0: Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is the third and final episode of our series of three with our friends at WorkJam. Delighted to welcome back David Rogers, VP of Sales and Marketing, Amir. Hi, David. How are you?
1: Hi, Simon. Yeah, good to be back again. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me again.
0: No, you're welcome. And we've got a special guest. So Rachel Malian, Head of Workforce Management for Aramark. Welcome, Rachel.
2: Thanks, Simon. It's great to be here.
0: Thanks for taking the time out. So, just just for clarity, um, you and your team in Aramark use uh, use WorkJam, and you're going to join us, and we're going to talk kind of themes in the industry that we're seeing at the moment how maybe work jams helping to support that some of the things you're seeing out there rachel and then i would say randomly at this point and it will make far more sense when we have a discussion on it later we're going to talk about garth brooks so i've, I've been doing a bit of research on him I, I feel like i'm going to be enlightened by the end of this conversation um but it will all make sense if you carry on listening so without further ado let's uh rachel find out bit more about you just tell us a bit about how you got to where you are today in Aramark maybe some of the things you've done in your career
2: of course yeah um and again thanks for having me Simon it's great to reconnect and and good to see you too again David um I'm coming up almost about 30 years now in the food and hospitality industry um I'd like to say I started as a very young teenager but I didn't but I was at university so it doesn't make me that old um, but I started with young brands. Um, I worked with Pizza Hut and Whitbread and, and a number of their brands um, across the UK. Um, and as I say, I sort of started just prior to university. Um, and I stayed with them for 15 years. Um, that culminated in a move from um, the UK to Ireland, which is where I'm since based. Um, and I was leading operational franchise support for Pizza Hut. And um, so that's what brought me over to Ireland. Um, and that pretty much sort of culminated that part of my career. Um, And incidentally, that was um, a one year secondment (laughs) that I took to Ireland. So 23 years later, I'm still here. So I think I'm onto a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I moved to Aramark about 15 years ago um, and I've remained there. Um, I've always worked within operations um, and most recently always sort of within operational excellence and within functions connected to that. Aramark is a food service provider. We're a global food service provider of food facilities um, and uniform services um, across markets such as education, healthcare, business and industry, sports, leisure and entertainment. We have an annual revenue of approximately 16 billion um, and our core market is North America, but we extend to an additional 20 countries and serving many of the fastest growing global geographies. Across the UK and Ireland, where I'm based, we have an annual revenue of approximately a billion from the provision of food and FM services to our client locations. Um, not forgetting 14 of retail locations across the island of Ireland. Um, and I currently serve as the head of workforce management for Aramark. And I lead workforce productivity initiatives and employee experience strategies across all the sectors.
0: Amazing. So some some big numbers there, big business. in. For those people that might not be familiar with Aramark, where would they have typically seen you? Would that be a, a kind of a stadium event or I think you mentioned schools? How, how would it, somebody have interacted with your brand?
2: yeah so across the uk and ireland um we are predominantly based as i mentioned there sort of across education so we support a lot of universities um particularly in the the, the london and the midlands regions of the uk um, you'll find us in healthcare supporting hospitals um nursing homes perhaps um we may be supporting your restaurant facility um in your in your office your place of work um and then as you mentioned yeah absolutely sports leisure and entertainment um, so we're connected with lots of um big brands and big names across the UK and Ireland. We support theme parks. Um, We're also connected with Croke Park, which is Europe's third largest um, stadium. Um, Perhaps the Guinness Storehouse as well would be a place that they may have met with us. Um, So we manage all of the food services with the Guinness Storehouse, which is um, I think within Europe's top five visitor destinations anyway, based in Dublin. So um, we've quite a broad spectrum of activities so you may not have recognized us when you came across us but we're definitely here
0: yeah so you, you'll have interacted at some point knowingly or, or unknowingly is my guess exactly and I probably didn't expect anybody to ever say to me that pizza brought them to Ireland so <laughs> uh, I think Guinness takes lots of people to Ireland but pizza <laughs> brought you to Ireland and you, you've uh, taken up residence so amazing stuff amazing stuff so thanks for that background and um, before we get on onto the kind of the case study and we learn much more around Garth Brooks, which uh, I can't wait for. Let's just have a reflection on, I suppose, um, the food industry in general. And it, a lot of this applies across certainly retail, any of those customer facing environments. I think that there's been a series of challenges, clearly uh, COVID being one. I don't know, Rachel, if things like Brexit with you kind of spanning the UK and Ireland have have also given you a bit of a hangover in terms of let's just talk people first. So lots of people potentially left out to go home for COVID and Brexit. Those people I don't think, I may be wrong, you'll tell me, have really come back. So recruitment, retention how has that felt since those dark days of lockdown from a from an Aramark point of view and I, I suspect your your views pretty much will echo across the industry
2: yeah i think you're right um there's definitely still a hangover um from both brexit and the pandemic unfortunately um as you mentioned many people did sort of leave the industry and and certainly our organization during the pandemic um lots of people returned home um and many of those have found it increasingly difficult to return to roles with us, particularly within the UK due to these um, Brexit-related regulations that affect the migrant workers. Um, so it's been very difficult to to sort of replace that area of the workforce. Um, you know, there's lots of uncertainties that still exist um, around hospitality. You know, it was one of the first to close. It was one of the last to reopen. Um, you know, it's it's not perhaps the, the attractive opportunity that it once was. Um, and, you know, that's certainly sort of some of the issues that we're still facing as a result of, of Brexit and the pandemic.
0: And, and David, across kind of your, the wider client base, are you still seeing those similar themes and trends?
1: Yeah, I think exactly the same. I think that whole kind of um, hiring and retaining is, is really difficult. The, the resource pool has is, is become, you know, really contracted. Um, and as Rachel says, I think there's a, yeah, there's definitely a move away from hospitality, um, and and retail, and general retail. So we're seeing that across the board with, you know, prospects and and customers in in the UK and beyond.
0: And we shouldn't shy away from cost. I mean, it, it's never really off the front page certainly in the in the UK in terms of rising costs whether that be food costs whether that be people costs certainly national living wage comes back into play in in April in the UK I think you've got the minimum wage in in Ireland Rachel how does that cost challenge impact with again an organisation I assume that has quite a high volume of seasonal business so you talked about theme parks you talked about events they're not necessarily open all year round or a point points and moments in time kind of uh needs for resource
2: yeah i mean look it. um this is an industry that operates on site Martin simon as I, I know you're aware um and i think it does make it really challenging um and certainly all for the increases in living wage for the uk and and for the minimum wage in ireland and, and both governments things tracking towards sort of reaching that actual living wage and, and that is the right way to go. But I suppose within industry, as I say, that does operate on tight margins, that does pose a lot of significant challenges to us. Um, you know, and, and quite often, and and not necessarily I'm saying within our mark, but certainly the way that does manifest itself is that, you know, this equates to less people within the industry um, because the margins retain, remain tight. Um, so we have less people but the overall workload is still the same Um, you know so everybody has to sort of look at additional sort of productivity measures and and how to be smart about managing the workforce moving forward so you know it is a challenge but equally it's probably in my opinion the right way to go.
0: Yeah I agree you've you've got to recompense people for a a fair day's work that they can live off otherwise you know we're we're kind of going backwards aren't we to, to olden times rather than moving forward but that point around kind of organizations and again typical in retail we're seeing typical in manufacturing being asked almost to do more with less so mm-hmm. workload almost going up rather than down but give me less people to do it plays into you know our world and your world of productivity and reviewing process stopping process automating digitizing is that where kind of work jam helps to plug some of those gaps in our world
2: absolutely for us it does um you know we're certainly moving and fast tracking down that digitalization route um and and it does allow us to you know task better and schedule better um along with all of the other additional aspects of of work jam that you know that we continue to use as well which i know david will probably support as well
0: and and david i suppose following up on that similar similar themes similar conversations across potential clients and current client base
1: yeah i mean everybody's trying to um, automate as much as possible, really, to 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 max. And you use the phrase "doing more with less." That's been around for a while, but I think it really, really does make sense now. So you know, optimizing the way you know, often the biggest cost is people. Right, Rachel knows that, and um, you know, if you can optimize them, and we're, we're seeing you know, with Work Jam, people really focusing on you know the, the comms element to start with because. You get that immediate engagement, you know, and and make it a little bit more fun and make it a little bit more kind of um, interesting, you know, for for people to make you know a, a, you a uh, you know employer of choice. So I think it's not just in retail; it's hospitality; it's across the board. You know, it's really how do we get the most out of our people and optimize the way that we we use them. So yeah, absolutely
0: yeah i think you know again personal experience just shopping the rate of change not only from kind of colleague turnover retention but then if you think about product new products coming in new products going out legal requirements for packaging and all the stuff um in terms of ingredients that are in things that the whole world whether it be retail hospitality is more complex and to get that information down, to get that compliance, to get that statutory uh, piece to, to the front line, be confident it's been absorbed, understood, um, must be more prevalent than ever, Rachel.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Simon. And I think, you know, the last sort of five years, if they've taught us nothing, they've taught us that we definitely need to be more agile in our approach. Um, you know, everything's constantly shifting. We have um, a frontline population of approximately 16,000 employees. Um, and until we brought in Work Jam, we were heavily reliant on a cascade model, um, which obviously kinds of significant challenges. And and particularly, you know, when you're working through pandemics and and periods of time such as that as well. Um, So, you know, when we brought in work, down, it did allow us to remain agile and and to build on that as well. You know, and all of those aspects of communication that are increasingly important to our business, um, we can now direct them immediately to the front line in real time. Um, and, and more importantly as well is that we give them the opportunity to feedback directly to ourselves as well um, and I think that's a really big part of of bringing in the communications model of, you know through WorkJam that we've definitely enhanced how we communicate as an organisation and on all fronts.
0: Yeah and it's probably an important point that because we've talked a lot in episode one and two around kind of the push model so getting information down but David you just want to touch on kind of that feedback loop so if I'm a front Line colleague how i can feedback?
1: yeah i mean that we, we talked about it in in uh in episode two around the kind of uh, target audience capability so you know are people only ever really seeing what's relevant to them and in our case it's obviously the comms that's relevant to them the shifts that are relevant to them based on what skills and um preferences they have so um, they don't have to go looking. Um, it's all, all pushed to, to them, which I think is very, very unique. Um, also allows you to kind of remove some of the shadow systems that um, kind of Rachel references around that kind of whole cascade um, uh, model where you're reliant on, you know, WhatsApp and Facebook and email, um, having one, one place to go um and being you know optimized through the system is is obviously um one thing that i think the Aramarks benefited from
0: excellent okay let's get to the main event then let's talk country let's talk garth brooks um (laughs) so disclaimer before we start country i don't know about you david isn't particularly high on my spotify playlist i must say i think that uh, ironically the only country song that's on there is probably garth brooks so um I feel like this is going to be an education, Rachel, in many things. um, Work Jam, Aramark and uh, American singer-songwriter Garth Brooks. So over to you to set the scene.
2: Okay, thanks very much. Great introduction. Um, Okay, yeah, so um, I guess Garth Brooks, this was the greatest show on earth, as I should suggest, um, for Aramark, um, and this happened last year. Garth Brooks for the uneducated and I certainly was as that's, you that's admit me. You too. that's
0: me that's me
2: <laughs> and I was too um and, and certainly I have to admit as well outside of being uneducated um last year I was also highly uneducated eight years ago when we went through something very similar um with Garth Brooks and I suppose the the overall adoration and the fan base across Ireland for this gentleman is beyond compare uh, and something, as I mentioned, I'm here 23 years. It, it's perhaps, in fact, the one and only thing about Ireland that I still fail to fully comprehend. Um, they are just mad for him. Um, they love him. They love his music. They love his interaction with them. He's written songs about the country. And, you know, it's just a national event. Anytime he has any sort of visits here or um, any concerts, et cetera, everybody's behind him. So, um, as we mentioned, back in 2022, um, Garth announced that he was going to bring his concert tour to Crook Park. Um, as I mentioned previously, Crook Park is one of our client locations, and we partner with Croke Park for over 10 years now. Um, it's the third biggest um, stadium across Europe. It has 83,000 capacity. Um, so when Garth Brooks comes to town, it, it's a big night. Um, when he comes to town for five nights, then that is the greatest show on earth. Um, and this is what we were posed with last year. Um, so think about sort of early 2022 when he made this announcement. We're still definitely suffering from the han- hangover of the pandemic. Um, we would need approximately 1,100 staff per night to support these concerts. Um, our labour pool had been significantly ravaged at this stage, and we've been working hard to re-establish the the, um, the, the teams that, that we had on site and and, acro- and, of course, across the rest of our business as well. Um, This was also further complicated by the fact that for the first time ever, because we've hosted many concerts and big names, Bruce Springsteen, Ed Sheeran, Scripps. You know, we've had lots of concerts at Croke Park, um, but Goff decided he was going to make it even more difficult for us by um, hosting his concerts out of season. So this is predominantly a sports stadium for us. Um, The National Sport of Ireland, um, GAA, finishes in September Um, And most of our staff would be laid off outside of that seasonal period. So he announced that he was going to host these concerts outside of season. And also a school had started. Um, So we've lots of, you know, sort of late teens and early 20s um, employees across that workforce, many of whom are in school or back to university. Um, so realistically, he probably couldn't have picked the worst time for us. Um, So the challenge was on. And as I mentioned eight years previously, Garth had also attempted to host a five-night comeback tour to Croke Park. Um, and this fell now to licensing restrictions. Um, and you might be thinking, OK, that's no big deal. But it was every bit the big deal um, because of Garth's extensive fan base. We sold out that tour in less than two hours. So that was 400,000 tickets we sold out back in 2014 for these five nights. Um, and that's in a country that had a population of approximately 4 million at the time. So, you know, that's big numbers um, and probably gives you a really good feel for the extent of the adoration for this artist. Um, okay.
0: So if we, if we pause there a second. <laughs> so we've got almost, was it 10% of the population want to see him or can get a ticket in the last Correct. round? Yeah. He's kindly or not so kindly decided that he's going to do it off season. So everybody's gone back to school. The workforce population in terms of your pool's dwindled mm-hmm. and he's going to do his five nights. Everybody's excited. David, did you have a ticket at this point?
1: No, I didn't have a ticket. And and like you, I, I, although I did know of Garth Brooks, because I lived in the US for a couple of years, um, I did not have a ticket um, living in sunny Southampton, um, travelling to um, Ireland um, to see a country singer probably wasn't top of my list.
0: Unfortunately. <laughs> so it is set well it's not set you personally a challenge but it becomes a challenge i assume that kind of falls on uh, somewhere around your doorstep to uh, to work through.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So so you know we we obviously went straight into Croke Park and, and started our discussions. And, I mean, obviously, even just the, um, the team behind this is, is a small part of this overall experience that we're providing to support this concert. Um, so, you know, there was obviously lots of other conversations that were happening at the same time. But to me, most importantly was, was just the lack of staff that we had available for this concert and the predicament that we found ourselves in. And I think just to sort of hark back to 2014 as well, um, and we were all very conscious of this, The fallout of 2014, um, which was that Garth wasn't given the licensing that he required to to host his five nights, which ultimately culminated in him pulling the entire concert, even though he was offered free. um, He did give us the ultimatum or gave the country the ultimatum, I should say, of it's either five or nothing. Um, And he ended up with nothing and the country ended up with nothing. Um, And the situation back then was subject to probably every news and current affairs programme. It was just everywhere. You couldn't get in a taxi without the taxi man having an opinion on it. Dogs on the street were talking about it. It was just insane. Um, The Mexican ambassador put himself forward for negotiations and to support mediation. Um, Garth was quoted as saying at the time that he would crawl and swim and run and do anything he could to our government, which was also having discussions about this at the time in order to get this over the line. Um, And even sort of the Irish Examiner, which is one of our main newspapers um, at the time, likened the reaction of the nation as only equal to having a death in the family. Um, So this was all of the history (laughs) that, you know, we were hoping was not going to repeat itself, obviously. Um, And it seemed as though in 2022, enough time had passed that he could come back and was being welcomed back to the country. And everybody was very excited to see Garth again. So, again, we're sort of talking an 80,000 seater arena, um, five nights, um, 1,100 staff a night. Um, That's equivalent to about half a million pints and bottles of beer that we're going to serve quarter of a million measures of spirits, hundreds of thousands of burgers, tons and tons of fries. Um, so you know, it's, it's a huge undertaking for us to support that. But we refused to be declared. <laughs> we couldn't be. We knew that the eyes of the nation were upon us. Um, and at that stage was when we sought a solution that would engage our Croke Park team, um, both out of season, because as I mentioned, a lot of our team would have finished up by that stage. So we needed to remain engaged with our team outside of season. And secure their skills and expertise um, for the concerts, and alongside that as well, something that would give us the opportunity to engage with existing Aramark colleagues across the Dublin region and beyond, um, and engage with them and give them the opportunity also to to work at Pro Park to support um, the concerts. And I think it's that stage um, that Aramark US sort of came to me and. and Myself, having met with the work jam team probably about six or seven years ago, very very early days um they came back to me and said, "Look, will we look at work jam will we go down the work jam route? Is that something that you would like to proceed with um and absolutely having been a huge fan of work jam for the past seven or eight years, that we absolutely bit their hand off um and so really the journey began with work jam
0: so that that was kind of the i suppose the catalyst that that meant you could move on get the software engaged without the software would it would it have actually been possible
2: that's a great question um it certainly wouldn't have been the success that it was um and by success i'm talking that you know we had no agency workers across any of our public locations we filled our all of our open shifts you know well in advance of the concert so you know we were safe and secure and knowledge that you know we had the right team um and we were ready to go from you know as early on as sort of four or five weeks beforehand and and I don't believe that we certainly would have been in that position um without Workjam and certainly you know looking at some of the communications and the way that we engage both with the local team um you know and the greater Aramark team um as I mentioned we opened our doors and, and asked them would they like to to pick up new shifts um across Croat Park which is a very new thing for us um, labour sharing across the business Um, ultimately we were very sort of cognizant of the fact that this posed you know a bit of fear and intrepidation across our workforce and you know what is this stadium and 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 if you looked at it you would see it's quite a huge large imposing building um you know and for our general frontline worker that's quite an imposing sort of consideration um to think you know okay what am I going to be doing there how am I even going to get there and you know we managed to communicate that out through documents and processes we recorded some really great fun videos you know literally almost from the bus stop (laughs) this is where you arrive and this is how you're going to get through the gates and and all of those pieces too and and that absolutely we would not have been able to achieve without WorkJam. So yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of success that, that we absolutely attribute to to deploy Work Jam um, specifically to support this.
0: So swift deployment. So Garth rolls into town for his five nights. How did it all pan out? Was there a happy ending?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as I mentioned there, we, we had our Garth Brook dedicated channel on WorkJam as well. So we were always providing great updates, fun updates. Um, again, you know, I did mention earlier and, and I know David mentioned that we, you've spoken about this on previous episodes, but we found it really important to give our employees that platform to share their feedback. You know, they can ask questions in real time. They can look for help and assistance in real time. You know, and we could support all of that through there as well. So it was a huge success um, operationally, financially, you know, everything. Um, our client was absolutely delighted to um, with um, the overall experience that we provided um, all of the visitors and um, the <laughs> 400,000 of them that came through the gates across those two weekends um, you know and, and ultimately as well it certainly led to us then deploying Workcam um, across the wider UK business as well so without a shadow of a doubt it was a huge success.
0: Excellent and David that must be kind of really nice to hear in terms of a, a tangible story with a now that we know a, an amazingly big name in in Ireland and across the world involved,
1: I love it when a plan comes together I think is the <laughs> uh, is the phrase but yeah it's it's well look, I think the relationship's been great um I think we've listened really well. we've developed the solution um to really work for our mark um and when it comes you know to a really successful end like this, you know that's what we're here for really that's what we love to hear. Uh, those success stories and you know that just helps everybody so it's been great working with Rachel as well and the team so uh, I think we've learned an awful lot from it you know and we'll apply that back into um, everything else that we do with with other other customers as well so loved it
0: brilliant thumbs up to, to Garth Crooks that Garth Brooks Garth Crooks Garth Crooks is somebody different than me. He's, <laughs> he's either he's a football pundit I think anyway <laughs> um so yeah well Garth Brooks is um, instrumental in Work Jam and Aramark success. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? So I think we'll come to a close there on episode three. So our, our final one with uh, the Work Jam team and our special guest today, Rachel. So it just leaves me to say uh, thanks once again for joining David. Really appreciated the, the chats on this one. Uh, Rachel, Yeah, again, massive thanks for for coming on, as I said at the start. Uh, love, love the stories. Love the insight. Always great to hear kind of firsthand how things have worked and some of the challenges that are presented. So I know you're very busy, um, but appreciate you giving up the time to come on.
2: Appreciate the opportunity. Great to catch up.
0: Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Take care and we'll catch up soon.
2: Thank Bye. you.